Hello, welcome to Beyond Parenting. My name is Beth Hardy and I'm here to talk to you about parenting, what it means to you and different ways of looking at it. You may have broken free of the chains of the cycles that have been passed on to you from your family of origin, but are you stepping in the direction which is supportive of where you want to be? So we examine all things from things to do with partners, teenagers, younger kids, blowing your top, self-care and more. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Beyond Parenting. Um, Today, our podcast, we meet um, Rebecca, who is incredible single parent of four kids and at the moment she's considering flexi schooling with her kids um, because of loads of issues she's experienced in the school system although her kids are doing really well um, so that's what she's considering she talks to us about life um, as a single parent and dealing with the ebbs and flows of daily life and all her magical tricks that she does to support them in the most incredible way she's really inspiring and also runs um, an incredible subscription box service supporting you with your day-to-day um crafts and baking and sciencey needs with your younger kids um and older kids and as well as self-care so she's got she covers it all um it's a really really fun chat that we have and um here we go hi rebecca how are you today i'm good thank you oh fantastic so um what i want to do is jump in and um start learning about you and your journey as a parent so um do you want to just kick off and and tell tell us a little bit about your journey into being a becoming a parent and what your biggest experiences are so i am a single mum to four children who are 10, 7, 5 and 4. Um, I Before I had any of my children, I had five miscarriages and an ectopic pregnancy and I was waiting for my eldest daughter now to miscarry before they uh, did tests to find out sort of what was going on and I ended up carrying her to full term and then I went on to have four children. So I'm... I'm now on my own. I left their dad three years ago after I wasn't very well, just before lockdown. um, I had a pulmonary embolism. So I ended up not very well and he wasn't very supportive. And so I left him and it was quite scary, to be honest, with four children. But it wasn't wasn't a very nice home environment for the kids. So it, it was the best thing to do, I felt, at the time. Uh, They don't see him. There's no financial contribution, no actual support. Um, They're happy. So. So that was that was a big step that you made at that point. Um, And when when your youngest was probably very young, right? Only one. One, right? Yeah, just one. Yeah. So what what was the, the what were the contributing factors specifically that led up to to that, Rebecca? Um, he wasn't very hands on with the oldest ones. Uh, he kind of let them 
do whatever they wanted and he would only do things for the baby he was I'd say a narcissist Mm. um just not not a very nice environment not a very nice person to be around but on the outside he'd do all the school trips and everybody thought it was very perfect and Mm. was he was the dad of the year but unfortunately behind closed doors it wasn't the case so I thought it best when my eldest started going to school and talking about things that were happening at school it made me realize that actually it was affecting them a lot more than I thought it was up until that point yeah yeah I bet so is this what did you have like alarm bells at any point before the kids or was it like locking you in and stuff or no not before I had kids but when I had once I'd had the kids things Mm. yeah they were red flags if you actually look at looking back now I can see them but at the time I didn't I didn't notice I don't think at all and if I notice I brushed it off because I had had kids quite close together as well so I think I was worried that I was going to be on my own with all four kids and I would make excuses for his behavior I think even when other people would see right because it seems like a an easier option to have him around yeah because you can't you're in that blinkered state aren't you you can't see beyond Um, because beyond feels far too scary so you're just like let's let's just stick with where we are yeah just about cope with that (laughs) The, the unknown is so thinking about like your time since that has happened how has that been that experience with um because obviously you're now not co-parenting, you're just single parenting. Yeah. How has that process sort of gone through? Because I know a lot of people go through various different stages when they when they split up with the um, parent, the other parent. Um, so yeah, it would be interesting to hear your experience if you're happy to do that. I, I've been very up and down with it. I struggled. There's been a lot of struggles. Uh, the children were like I said, emotionally, they were affected quite a lot, um, which has been hard because I've been trying to sort of deal with them. And then when my, it was just before my second daughter started school and then it it was a struggle and they, they didn't understand why their dad didn't want to see them as well. And he had been around, he didn't work. So he was always home I think COVID was the best thing to happen to us because I think we're disconnected as a family. And when COVID hit and we all had to stay home, it was it was a chance for us to reconnect and come back together with without him, I think yeah. was the best thing. But it was it was a struggle. It was tough at the beginning. And then there I think I I don't know because I haven't had to co-parent. But I think for me, when I hear other stories about co-parenting, I think I got it a little bit easier because I don't have to worry about who else gets to make any decisions or they're not going to be happy with something I do. There's been some times when the school have called him if there's been problems with the children and he it feels like he wants to go exactly against whatever it is that I suggest. So not having to worry about that on a daily basis I think is has made my journey as a single parent a lot easier than what some people yeah. go through. 
that must be quite liberating. So you've gone from having to live on eggshells um, yeah. and to actually feeling liberated. You can make your own decisions and that's and that's good for you. So yeah. you, you mentioned earlier about the kids and, and what's going on for them. So what tell, tell me a bit, a bit more about their experiences that you're from your perspective. So my eldest, she's just turned 10. She has been best friends with a boy since they started in foundation. And last year, she she started being bullied by him, which has led to anxiety. She's got an eating disorder. She has school refusal. She doesn't she doesn't like going into school because they're in the same class, which is it's been really hard on her. Uh, her mental health isn't the best. Um, she's in school this morning, but only because they're doing swimming. So she goes in, she's on a reduced timetable. She goes in for yeah. two hours in the morning and then I pick her up. So she's she's really struggling at school, I think. Mm-hmm. And then my seven-year-old, she made some accusations back in October about uh, a teacher that she her teacher she didn't get on with her teacher had apparently not been very nice not just to her but to other people in the class had put their hands on children in the class and I had I found it really hard because I had to think was it an attention thing because of my eldest because it was all around the same time but at the end of the day it's the allegations were serious I I had to take them seriously I had to let my daughter know that she was hurt and mm. that she needed to feel like she had a voice and that she wasn't just I think the school took the stance very early that she it was all for attention there couldn't be any truth to it whatsoever and that was the end of it so I, I needed her to feel like somebody had her back so how did you go about doing that for her what what sort of things did you put in place or support support with she was actually she wouldn't go to school either so she was at home we spent a lot of time together doing things that she enjoyed doing um there was extra attention like even if it was walking on the beach or she's horse riding obsessed so she got to do some things like horse riding and surfing but I didn't want it to be that she had made these accusations and then suddenly she was getting everything that she wanted because she was at home. If it was an attention thing, but just generally spending more time with her, listening to her and actually hearing what she had to say rather than sort of having a chat to her whilst making dinner. Like she had my undivided attention mm-hmm. for whenever she wanted to talk, I would make time to listen to her and do things just with her. And, and that's and that's going to be tough you know being a single mom with four kids with also yeah. other issues going on at the same time okay. so how did you make sure that that was your priority and how did you make sure that that was what you you were able to do you know from your perspective I time block everything so she was given a time every day that she could come and talk to me but if there was something more urgent I would always make time I think you just have to I turn the oven off it's really not that important the washing isn't that important that it gets Mm. done you have to have to make time for the kids I think it's the most important thing yeah totally totally so you obviously um are not in that 
specific space right now. So where, what, what has been the journey since that point? I'm now, I'm looking to my, so my seven-year-old goes to junior school this September coming. So sorry, um, just, just specific on that specific, um, on your child, the, was it the seven-year-old who was, seven-year-old. yeah, who was di- experiencing that? How, how was that sort of hurdle got, got through? Did, did you manage to get through it with the school? Yeah, she is, she's now in a different class. She's been moved and she she has a school nurse and she's got play therapy at school she's having outside therapy as well and she's happy she's happy at school out of that class and in a different class so she's back on track but it's she's still very up and down I can imagine so obviously you'd have had to do a lot of stuff to make that happen right what 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 did you do Rebecca we need to hear this (laughs) I uh, I lost track of how many meetings I've attended. I feel like I was constantly at one school or the other because they're at different schools because we have infant juniors. Right. Uh, medical appointments, which are next to impossible to get at the minute with the knock-on from COVID still. Mm. I think you have to, you just have to constantly go after people. Like you can't just sit around, they sell, they'll get back to you and they don't. Mm. So I was at the school every day demanding meetings with certain people. I would turn up at the doctor's surgery and make a scene until someone, yeah, because calling them, they're like, someone will get back to you within 24 hours and nobody does. So I think your kids, especially mental health, it's so important that you can't Mm. just let it go and hope that someone gets back to you. I think as a parent, Mm. you have to do everything you can. And it's because, worse I think and everyone's blaming the pandemic but I think it was always there it's just brought it to the forefront now and that people are more aware I think yeah so with with those experiences and also the backdrop of being a single mom and all the rest have you kept yourself in a good state of mental health because we know that it's contagious right people's moods and feelings are contagious and people are always told if they've got um, a partner who is um, depressed that they need to be aware that of the signs of becoming depressed and stuff. So what have you done to keep going and keep your own mental health going through all this? I am a big believer in self-care. You can't pour from an empty cup. I always, and I might do something every day, whether it's paint my nails or have a bath and exercise something to take time for myself um it's not just you know once a week I'll shave my legs like every day I do something that makes me happy whether I like baking so I'll bake something when I like this morning all the kids are gone if I wasn't doing this I'd bake something so that they've got something for after dinner tonight but every day do something that makes me happy go for a walk I think it's really important to get out regardless of the weather and exercise I think are the things that keep me happy and how do you keep motivated with that because it's one thing saying you're going to do something like when did you start doing that have you always done that through your time as a parent or did it come in as a newer thing I was a beautician before okay years ago so I think I've always been sort of into self-care 
But I think I've made, like I said, a time blocking at certain times every day. I make to do something for myself. Sometimes I don't feel like it. It's the same as going to the gym, though. You know, once you've done it, you're going to feel a lot better. So mm. if I if I can't be bothered to paint my, na- my nails, then maybe I'll put a face mask on because then I can still do something for myself. Mm. Yeah, that's so important. So um, what, what is it? I mean, you've said those things that you do because they make you feel happy. Do you have things that you do even as a family together or on your own for fun? Uh, we go, I have a couple of horses that I have access to. So I ride quite a lot. And the kids love going to the beach in the woods. That is their favourite thing to do. We're lucky living in Cornwall that we're right next to both of it. So we tend to do that after school. We might just go for a walk on the beach for half an hour, build some sandcastles, have an ice cream. And it just it takes all the pressure of the day and just lets them settle down before we come back to the house. Because I think after school, there seems to be a time of about half an hour where they are just crazy. Mm-hmm. And I think because they've been following the rules all day and then they get yes. home and it's a safe place for them. They they seem to let out all of their absolute wildling side so I think if I go to the beach with them they can just run around do that and then we come home and they're a bit more settled so it makes it easier to manage them yeah and I think really important rather than I think if we just came straight home from school they'd be in trouble a lot more because they would Mm. be winding each other up doing things they weren't supposed to do but they're a lot a lot easier once we've done something I try we play we have games night movie nights things like that that I know that they can do because of all their different ages it's difficult to get things that everybody can do like when they're a bit older you can just get Monopoly out but at the minute I have to you know the oldest two could play Monopoly but the little two can't so Mm. you have to try for everybody or find something that they can all do together yeah how do you go about finding the things like the the making the decision about movie night like which movie because <laughs> I they always agree. struggle with that one I tell you <laughs> if they don't agree they don't get a movie right. so they or we can put a name in a hat so everybody gets okay. to pick one and then we'll take it in turns and until each child's had their turn we can't move on right. but they tend to pick things like Shrek where you can have so then we have to watch the first one the second one the third one until they're all done which makes it a bit easier it gives me a few weeks without any any dramas at movie night yeah yeah and so what do you do when how do you handle it when um say you've got one child who wants to do a load of stuff in the evenings like going places and activities and what have you and the other ones aren't how are you handling that as a single mum they take it in turns so mm-hmm. if we, I don't have any activities. So if they all have their own hobbies, which are mm-hmm. all done on the same day so that I can just one day of the week, I have to take everybody to different places and one day on the weekend, they do their hobbies so that it doesn't encroach onto everybody else's time because the weekends mm-hmm. are all I have. So I don't want you know surfing lessons in the morning horse riding in the afternoon and I'm backwards and forwards uh, other than that they go after school clubs again I try and get them all on the same days and then everybody just has to take turns so if they if no one wants to do anything tonight or mm-hmm. one of them wants to do something it's the majority will right. 
yeah. or winner. But then in exchange, we do what the other one wanted to the next day. Right. Right, right. So do they do like regular activities that you like pay in block, block pay for and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. And are they all like, so you do those in the evenings, you? Yes. Other than horse riding and surfing at the weekends. Right. Because, because it's all year round and it gets right. too dark after school in right. the winter. Yeah. And you manage it all in one night. Yes. For all four of them. Oh my God. All four of them. Yeah. Please tell me your secret. <laughs> I I wait so they all have swimming lessons on a Thursday but three of them are in one class but they're all like color-coded so they're at different levels Uh within one class so I waited they haven't been able to do it for maybe half a term because there's only been two spaces in one class and one space in the other class Uh, so I waited until there were three spaces in one and then when the three of them are getting changed the other one's in doing her so I as long as it can all be done on the same day that's that's (laughs) I couldn't do it every night or four nights a week being at the swimming pool with three of them having to wait around and watch one they would they wouldn't end up very well because they're not even allowed to swim because the pool's closed for lessons right so it's the case of looking around and I've waited at a swimming pool where they can all be at the same time or similar time so you've really just thought quite hard about how you can make it work rather than yeah. like just ad hoc. You're like really yeah. focused on like, it, what do we really want? We really want them to learn how to swim, obviously, and get yeah. good at swimming, particularly where you are, right? Um, so yeah, no, I, I get it. That's that's really useful. I like that idea. Um, tell me um, well, what goes on for you, you know, when... Um, when you're having a struggle okay how are you going to deal with that mentally because being that you're on your own how do you like make those big difficult decisions and feel okay about it or do you Uh, feel okay (laughs) you still like no not always sometimes I have a glass of wine have a cry write down all the pros and cons figure out what is the most important thing and it's always going to be the kids. So it's, I have to figure out what is best for them at the end mm. of the day. And I've got, I'm in groups. I've got mum friends. I've got my mum, people that I can speak to. Um, but I think sometimes it's okay just to not know what to do. And I give myself a certain amount of time to figure it out. And then right. I just go with what, I've, what I feel is the best thing. So you get there, yeah. So um, what would you say your um, one of your proudest moments about being a parent have been, Rebecca? Parents' evening, always. Really? Yeah, my kids are above average intelligent, and I think that's important, but I also think it's so important the way they handle themselves, and all of my kids' parents' evening, they go through the whole you know, grey days, they're perfect in everything, they, they're they doing really well in maths, but then to hear that they're really helpful. If a new person comes in, they will be the first one to go over and offer to help to show them around. Or, you know, someone fell over and they brought the the child to first aid because they didn't know where they... they is, they're always the first ones to offer to help the teacher pack up and hand out the books. And I think that's 
just as important as being intelligent because I just think the way things are going intelligence isn't everything I think we need to be as humans better people it's not it's not just about the academic so how obviously you've um you've cracked the genius code on how to um get your kids to be beautiful dream kids so what did you do (laughs) what do you do to help create that because obviously that doesn't happen by chance and it doesn't happen by them just going to a good school that comes from home so what is it you're doing to help that to be the case I think they happen to be I'm, I'm quite academic I always was so I think that's maybe genetic I'm not sure but I think the rest of it comes down to how you treat each other, like respect, listening to each other. My eldest wasn't always like that. When she was an only child, she there were no rules that I can remember because she was the only one that it would affect. It didn't you don't make need any them t- as much, no. 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 Um, and I think as soon as you have two, three, four children, you have to be mindful of what everybody wants. You have to respect everybody. And you have to talk about things. I think the most important thing is to talk to your kids. Like, let them feel like they are being listened to and that they do have a place and that there's, it's a safe space for them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, hear, I hear you on that. That's, um, that's really useful advice. Have you ever felt um, pressure from um, the external world, whether it's friends, family, um, to that... Um, that maybe they give you judgment or something around being a single parent um, and maybe you feel might feel like you can't reach out for help because like it's your your bed you've got to lie in it sort of thing have you ever felt anything like along those lines not so much as a single parent I think it's so common nowadays that it's just not really an issue it's it's difficult when you know, my son was meant to be on a swimming trip yesterday with the school and ordinarily I would have gone with him I do I try and do all the school trips um but the little one needed picking up from nursery at a certain time the eldest mm. needs picking up and I don't have anybody that I can rely on to do that mm. so I think I feel worse within myself rather than everybody else I, I don't yeah. think being a single parent's really an issue. I think it's only me that feels bad about it. Yeah, just the the logistics would it be that you yeah. struggle with? Because sometimes you say, "Oh, can can I not just have to do everything all the time?" I yeah. ha- I had that the other day. I'm like, I could really do with not having to do all the cleaning, all the cooking, all the sorting, all the listening, all of the everything. Like, yeah. can I can I have a break for a minute, please? Someone give me some slack. <laughs> Yeah, well, sorry, that was probably just me. <laughs> just no, it's the same. What would you say, do, you know, when it came to being a parent, would you say, did it come naturally to you or like physically or psychologically? Or did you feel like you struggled with it? You would obviously psychologically got yourself set up to be a parent quite a long time before you actually had kids. So how was that for you? I thought it would be a lot easier and that it would come more naturally to me. I was a childminder and I was an approved foster carer before (laughs) I had children. And so I just assumed that because it was something I wanted so much that it would just all fall into place and everything would be really easy. And my eldest, I had a lot of help when she was first born. So 
that was okay. I felt at the time like my mum was taking over a bit when all she was trying to do was help because I hadn't had a very good birth. And mm. um, but she she did her best to sort of step back and try and let me do it. But I think also it's the first grandchild, so it was all very exciting. My second, I thought it would be even easier still because you've got at that point I'd had three years I knew what being a parent was all about I felt I was doing really well and I didn't have a bond at all with my second child she I felt like she just screamed all day long Mm -hmm. from the minute her dad went to work until he came back and I felt like I was neglecting my eldest because I couldn't do anything with the newborn because she just screamed all the time Uh, I found that really difficult and then my my third and fourth think at that point you're just in it anyway I don't I don't recall it being easy or hard or any like I think at that point you just know what's expected you know it's going to be hard um but you know that there is an end yeah and that it works out so you don't at some point (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting excuse me um it's interesting what you said that you didn't feel you, you had a bond with your second um, yeah. So what happened then? Obviously, you're at that point where it's you've not got the bond. How did you bridge that gap and get to where you are now? <laughs> I I just had to keep going. She had um, like reflux and things like that. She she had quite a few like normal baby problems, uh, colicky, and I think once I'd got my head around all of that and I knew what to do with her it became a lot easier I also I went to the doctors to see if I had postnatal depression which the doctor thought I did he gave me some pills and sent me to classes and when I went to the classes I realized straight away that listening to other people talk that's not Not what was going on no not at all um so I didn't take the pills and I I got some not tests done on her, but I would go to the doctor. I felt a lot more confident with my second to go in and say something's not right. With my yeah. eldest, she was dairy intolerant. And I was told by a doctor, it's okay to be paranoid. You're a first time mum. And I just left and I was like, oh, maybe it is me then. She's throwing up and pooing pretty much constantly, but it's obviously something I'm doing wrong. Whereas with my second, I was like, no, she screams all the time. This is what's mm-hmm. happening there's more to it and I think you become more confident more assertive and you feel like you could stand up for yourself and your child because you're not just a first-time parent anymore who's paranoid I think that really stuck with me for a long time yeah how do you think um people who are like parents of just one one child they ever get do you think they ever get to that point where they're like stop being paranoid (laughs) I I don't think so because even now I still have moments I very rarely go to the doctors or take my children unless there's something really wrong with them Mm. and just after Covid started and we're in lockdown my son he'd not been well he'd been under the weather for about three or four days and I thought I'm not going to bother the doctors we've got this pandemic I don't really I just give him some cowpaw and he'll be okay And then he got worse and I saw him talking to a wall. So I called 999 and they were like, bring him in. We can't get an ambulance to you for three hours. Just get him in now. 
So I drove him down there and he was really poorly and he ended up staying in hospital. But I think I just I didn't want to waste anyone's time, especially with what was going on in the world. I felt like he'd be all right in a few days. It's just he's just under the weather. I don't think you ever really get over that because I think you as a parent you're always a bit paranoid that something's wrong with your child or something's yeah. gonna happen there's the constant you have to I, I don't know I like to know where my children are and what they're doing and keep mm. an eye on the time so I don't I feel like I'm just a bit over the top or a bit controlling or a bit obsessive with making sure everything's okay so how, do, how do you think that's going to work out for you going through into your uh, into their teams? What what do you think? What, what do you, what's the story going to be look like in six, seven, eight years time for you? I'm worried actually that because they're for the most part they're good kids that they're all going to go, they're all going to be really rebellious as teenagers and they're just going to be all different going off in different directions and there's nothing I can do I guess you cross that bridge when you come to it yeah. there's not you can't control them you can't you can talk to them hope they make the right decisions but they're gonna make mistakes because they're kids and that's even as teenagers they're still kids that don't really know what they're doing I think for the most part until you've yeah. lived it and learned from your mistakes yeah I, I think there's going to be some problems but you just have to cross that bridge when you come to it. I know. Well, for me, I always think back, I think back to my teenage years and I'm like, I, I think back, oh my God, if they're anything like me, oh no, please don't yeah. be anything like me. But then I, I think, was, well, hold on. Yeah, I was a bit crazy, but I got through and I'm still alive. Just... I've turned out all right, I think. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I've made some bad choices, but I think that's it. You have to, they have to learn to live their choices, don't they? and yeah. see the consequences themselves and I, as they get older I know when mine transitioned into the um post 10 post sort of sec into secondary it's like oh god deep breath can I can I deal with this the sort of letting letting go even more isn't yeah. it the letting go even more because it gradually creeps up on you and then all of a sudden they're like oh gosh right they're nearly an adult like I've got I've got one who's doing GCSEs right now. And I'm like, how on earth did that happen? <laughs> what do you think would make your life easier as a parent? I don't know. I think for me, I think it'll be easier when they're all at one school. Mm. At the, they're in three different places. I don't know. It takes a lot of my time just driving backwards and forwards on the school run. It just seems to take forever. We live quite far from the school. So most of my day is taken up, I feel like, with the school run, going backwards and forwards, especially picking up the eldest at different times and the little one at different times at nursery. Right. Uh, I've looked into flexi schooling. Yeah. Because I think although school's really important for socialisation and educating, I just, I, they're growing up so fast that I think they'd be happier at home part-time. And it would take a lot of pressure off them and a lot of pressure off me. Yeah. So I, it's something I'm looking into. I'm trying to get a meeting for my eldest because with all the problems she's having at school, she's already on a reduced timetable. Mm. So it makes, I think, normal 
life is also really important to educate them mm. on beach schools we have a lot of forest schools as well here so there's a lot more to learning than just maths and English I think. yeah 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 I see I see what you're saying so flexi schooling do you know so have you got experience of other people who've done flexi schooling or is this more like it's you're kind of falling into it because of the reduced timetable and things yeah I've fallen into it I was actually googling the school are pretty insistent that she has to go back full time right and I was googling it to see what options were available and it came up and then I've since spoken to other people Mm. only online groups it's not I've looked into it it seems like it would be a good option for my family yeah and try to get as much advice as I can before I move forward because I don't I don't think the school will agree right but uh, wait and see yeah have you looked into other options beyond flexi schooling I don't think I would want to home educate full time Mm. I I think kids need to be at school Mm. Uh, in my opinion I think it's really important for them and especially with everything that's happening with my eldest Mm. like she's socially but she's I think she spent about two weeks in school over the last nine or ten months wow every time she goes back into school she like her friendship groups have changed they the girls they might have had an argument with each other and then they've all split up and gone different directions she struggles to fit in or where does she fit in Mm. with those pick one because you know, she was best friends with two girls, but they've gone their separate ways after an argument. And then she's not really sure. She, it feels to her like she has to side with somebody and she doesn't even have the full story. So she's mm. in a really good time she does go back. So I think it would just be for her easier to, these are the days you go in, these are the days you stay home rather than yeah. it being down all the time. Yeah, yeah. So that would make sense. Well, I hope, I hope um, you're investigations and all that work work for you and for your whole family now before we do anything else I want to do a few rapid fire questions with you Rebecca okay Okay. so just as just whatever pops out your head all right so three worst things you bought as a parent or just Um, one (laughs) I can't even iPads iPads really why they have their own iPad which they ask me every day, can they play the iPad? And they could have just had one between them because it's only when I really need to do stuff. I have no right. problem with using iPads and technology. I think there's a place for it. Right. But every morning they'll get ready quickly for school just so that they can have their iPad. Right. And it, it's a lot at this age. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so three best things you've bought as a parent. What were the best lifesavers? A switch. They love, they love playing on that and they can do their fitness and they can do um, like brain testing and things like that. Um, a mud kitchen because they love being oh, yeah. outdoors and a trampoline because, again, because they'll be out there for hours. Fantastic. They're, they're brilliant purchases. Okay, so... Which which one are you? Broke parenting broke you down, lifted you up, or both? Both. Right. Um, and what is your favorite thing about you? My ability to do it all to the best that I can. Awesome. I love it. And what is the most important job of a parent? 
just to be there for your children be there be there lovely thank you so much that's awesome have you got anything you want to plug before we go Rebecca you want to talk about I'm going to be launching some subscription boxes oh so self-care for parents crafts younger children we'll have two different age groups yeah uh, two to six I think and seven to eleven as well as teen and tween sort of boxes filled with affirmations and things like that I found as a parent if you sign up for a subscription box you get one thing crafts or baking or science and it's cheaper the longer you sign up so I wanted it to be a little bit of a mix so you'll get some crafty bits some baking bits some affirmations and a magazine with some word searches and puzzles and things like that so it's a bit of everything so that the kids don't get bored hopefully oh that sounds awesome so you say you're about to launch that um so um I think we're done thank you so much Rebecca for your time today it was no lovely problem. hearing your story um and I wish you all the best with your uh, <laughs> I wish you all the best best with um your successful business and all your your family as well thank you so much
Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast with me, Beth Hardy. And if you want to connect with me more, you can get along to any of my socials, Your Family Wellbeing Coach on TikTok and Instagram. And you can find me at Stop the Triggers on Facebook. I hope to connect with you very soon. If you have a question that you want answering, we might be able to do a podcast all about that. So please do drop me a line. I'm so grateful for everyone who listens to this podcast. See if you can rate and subscribe so we can make it bigger and better every week. Okay.